0: Now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones.
1: Welcome back. Final hour of the show. Phil Savage Neil Kulong in the final hour here. We'll get to Phil in a moment. Our thanks to Kim Jones and Jessica Marksberry in the opening hour of the show. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Marcus Street, and Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Purdy's have insured this valley for decades because they've been able to find their customers the right insurance and a wide variety, auto, home, life, business, you name it, they can find it for you. And not only that, but they go out of their way painstakingly finding you the best price because they know everyone's on a budget. They know that. But they also want to make sure that not only you're on a budget, but you're covered. That's Purdy Insurance, the best in the business. But a Purdy Insurance Market Street in Sunbury, PurdyInsurance.com. And don't forget about the Purdy Memorial Golf Tournament coming up on Wednesday, May 2nd at the Susquehanna Valley Country Club. We'll be there again. Looking forward to that. It benefits the greater Susquehanna Valley YMCA. It is one of the truly great events of the year. I enjoy it so much. And we're privileged to be a part of it again. And, of course, we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf. Penn State football practice, spring practice gets underway today. Pro day is tomorrow. We'll talk to Phil Savage about that in a moment. Phil, of course, runs the combine. Phil, of course, runs the senior bowl, as well as being the color analyst, by the way, for the Alabama radio network with Eli Gold. And uh, we'll talk to Phil in a few moments about that. And uh, you mentioned spring practice. Every year, of course, the coaches clinic comes up. And this year, it's April 6th and 7th. The guest speaker this year at the coaches clinic will be Houston Texans head coach Bill O'Brien coming back to State College. Very, very nice. All right. Our play-by-play call today. the day. Now, on a weekend, we had all these basketball upsets where Nevada won over Xavier, UMBC beat Virginia, North Carolina got knocked out by Texas A&M. There is only one play-by-play call today the day that the fans in our area want to hear. And that is, from Cleveland at Quicken Loans Arena on Saturday night, Jeff Byers on the Penn State Sports Network as Bo Nickel takes the mat.
0: Very intense right now. And now Martin is in on a beautiful shot. He gets into the legs. He takes Nickel to his back. And Nickel now rolling through. He takes Martin to his back. And Martin now in trouble. Nickel tightening up. Bo Nickel pins him. Bo Nickel Wins the national title! How do you do? Bo Nickel, the Nittany Lions, wins the national title here in Cleveland. Bo Nickel does it.
1: Seven times in the last eight years, the Nittany Lions have won the national championship in wrestling, a true dynasty, a gold standard. In the history of collegiate wrestling in the sport, yes, Iowa may have won more titles in a span, but not in this kind of style and this kind of entertainment where they've advanced the sport. Penn State has advanced the sport in eight years because of the style of wrestling. Four individual titleists: Jason Dolph, Bo Nickel, of course, Vincenzo Joseph, Isaiah Martinez. You waited three hundred sixty. I waited three hundred sixty-four days for this. What to score a point? I was impressed. And Zane Rutherford joining Ed Ruth as a three-time national champion at Penn State. And Mark Hall was a near miss on a second straight title. The best of the best, the Penn State wrestling team. Basketball coming up tomorrow night. You'll hear it here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. The quarterfinals of the NIT tomorrow night. The Nittany Lions will play at Marquette at seven o'clock. We'll be on beginning at six thirty. All right, let's bring in the outstanding Phil Savage. He runs the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. He's also the color color analyst on the Alabama Radio Network with Eli Gold. Phil, welcome back. Great to hear you again.
2: Thanks, Steve. Hope you're doing well. And, and uh, maybe the weather is broken up there. Hopefully it has down here, certainly. Spring has sprung.
1: And by the way, I, I mentioned that Jack Ham you'd be on. He wanted to pass along his best to you.
2: That's awesome. Hope Jack is doing well. Uh, he's, he's one of the best. I tell you, I learned a lot uh, from him my first year in 2009 doing the color for Alabama in terms of what it really takes to try and uh, be good at that job.
1: And you are. Uh, you and Eli are a dynamic combination because you bring something different to the table, and that includes your experience of trying to work with the senior bowl what did it mean to the Senior Bowl to get a Heisman Trophy winner to get down there and be a part of what was going on?
2: Well, to me, a lot of things fell into place for us this year at the Reese's Senior Bowl uh, with Baker Mayfield accepting his invite. He did that on December the 22nd, which was a couple of days ahead of the Christmas holiday, and uh, that was a present that we weren't sure we were going to get. So it was really exciting to have Baker here because he was the first Uh, Heisman Trophy winner senior that played in the game since 2006 when Troy Smith was here from Ohio State. Of course Tim Tebow did come through Mobile in uh, 2011 but he had won the Heisman as a sophomore so that was a little bit different but I tell you it went beyond Baker. We had Josh Allen, the quarterback from Wyoming here who's likely to be a top 10 if not a top 5 pick in the spring. Shaquem Griffin, the The young man from UCF that is really, uh, to me, outside of the quarterbacks, and I think maybe even including the quarterbacks in my mind, uh, he is the story of this 2018 draft uh, as these next few months unfold. He's the young man with one hand uh, who was trying to make it into the NFL. Of course, he had an amazing combine last weekend in Indianapolis.
1: Well, more than and you got to see him firsthand, Phil. You know, look, it's how he's had to play. So he knows how to play his game. When you watch him, what are some fundamentals that he brings to the game that allows him to to utilize his other natural gifts to then be an effective player on the field?
2: Well, of course he's got a twin brother that's already in the league, and Shaquille played corner. And Shaquille, they they, they struggled at UCF trying to figure out where to play. And finally... These last two years, he played sort of a hybrid outside backer, defensive end type of position. But there are a couple of elements that he brings to the table that will carry over into the league. First of all, he's fast. He ran three eight last weekend at the Combine. He's instinctive. He's got a nose for the football. He really does have a knack for finding his way to the ball carrier. And then the third thing is that he always hustles. You don't see him take plays off. And so you add those three, you put those three elements together. He's not a defensive coach in the NFL that would turn away from a prospect that has those three uh, traits in their game. So I think Shaquin, his floor will be the special teams player uh, on, on kickoff coverage and then punt coverage, probably as an outside gunner where protection is, is not involved. And then. As a position, I see him as a will linebacker that can scrape and run from the backside and then occasionally blitz and come off the edge as a rusher. Uh, this is a player that I think he absolutely will now be drafted. I don't think there's any doubt about it at this point. And I think ultimately he will make a 53-man roster, and I think we'll see him on the field as soon as next
1: year. I agree with you. And if you're going to, as a player, and I've said this for many years now, if you really want to really improve your stock, you have to be at the Senior Bowl. I mean, to me, that's the one above all. I look at a couple of Penn State players, one Mike Kasiki and, and the other Deshaun Hamilton. I felt being there really helped them. What was your opinion?
2: Yeah, of course, Mike came in and had an outstanding week here. Uh in mobility, he has got that leggy stride where he can just get up on top of people before they really anticipate it he's got some separation ability the catch radius is really almost beyond belief i mean if you're a quarterback that misses him then you're really uh, inaccurate because he he's got such a wingspan and he can jump and elevate and extend for the ball but he did well here and i, I was really uh, super excited to see him, you know, showcase his skills at the combine because I think he's got a lot of momentum now, Steve. I think he's got a chance to be a first rounder in this era of the NFL where, where people are looking for those mismatch kinds of players. Uh, he brings a lot of elements to the game that these offensive coordinators will like. And then, of course, with Jason Hamilton, a little bit of an interesting story. He was sort of an alternate for us. He rode right outside of our you know top six or seven north receivers for it seemed like weeks on end and nothing really He took his invite to the east-west shrine game he did well there and then we had a couple guys bail out at the 11th hour and that got him into the to the game here in mobile and i tell you he took full advantage of it he was terrific in the practices almost uncoverable in the practices because of his savvy his his quickness in and out of the route. Look, so people know he's not more, not particularly fast, but he's quick and he's really instinctive. And he did he did very well here uh, in Mobile.
1: What does it take for you to select players for this game? We talked about being, uh, that Deshaun was just outside of what you were looking at. So what does what's that process like? So the fans understand when they see somebody get a Senior Bowl invite, where they get to work with NFL people all week. What's that process to get them there?
2: Well, when I got here six games ago, I met with the staff in June of 2012 and just said, look, you know, we're not an NFL franchise as an organization, but we can be the 33rd team from right. a scouting standpoint. And so we were pro- I said, if a team was charged with, with being uh, responsible for bringing the players to Mobile, how would they do it? And what they would do is build out their watch list over the summer, like we do. We have a 400 person player watch list that goes out at the end of august and then steve between myself and i have a couple staffers that are young aspiring scouts that are on their way to the nfl uh, between those two individuals and then i have several guys who are stationed across the country that are either between jobs or again trying to move up the ladder or maybe semi-retired and on the other side of their career and this year alone between that group of of people that have, they filed 776 scouting reports (laughs) last fall. Wow. And so, ultimately, uh, in August, September, October, uh, we're going to practices, we're talking to the college coaches, we're we're seeing them in live games, and and by the time we get to November the 1st, it's starting to, to shake out in terms of who we think are the top 110 players in the country. Uh, that are seniors or either graduates as fourth-year players. And uh, that's when the invites start to go out. And typically it takes about 130 invites to get 110 players. Typically we have about 20 prospects a year that either have an, an ongoing unresolved injury or they just opt not to participate here thinking that they've done enough uh, to impress the teams. And I tell you, uh, it's it's a week that really gives – the candidates a, a, a true look at what life in the NFL is going to be like from a, from a practice and performance standpoint. And then the interviews, we have some financial education that takes place here, media training, and then an opportunity to connect with the mobile community on that day before the game. So they get a taste of everything that comes with the responsibilities of an, of an NFL player.
1: How important has it been with your varied experience? Now you're you're obviously working on this side, like like Jack and I are, and you're working with Eli. You mentioned media training, uh, and interview training, and so forth. How important has been your now varied experience to make sure that that is incorporated? Because you know how important it is?
2: Well, those are things that were added to the game. You know, once I got here, I, I had a, a high-profile agent say to me after the first year he said you know phil the the players show up there and it they really don't know what they're about to experience and he said you should have a a, an orientation meeting where as a former gm you really explain what the expectations are and what they can anticipate and so we started doing that and then we've added these different elements where you know oftentimes if you're a, a a college player you're told Rightfully so, that hey, what happens here stays here. We're going to keep it in house. And there's not a lot of individualism when it comes to dealing with the media. You know, all of a sudden they get to the Reese's Senior Bowl and they've got 600 members of the media that are from all parts of the country that want to know more about them. And so we try to educate them saying, look, it is the ultimate team sport, but it's all about individual branding and you building your own reputation with a writer from Seattle or Kansas City where you might end up going as a draft pick and now all of a sudden you get there he's already written some positive stories about you. And you end up there and there's already a bit of a relationship there. And so, you know, that's just one example of some of the things that we try to give the prospects here to give them a head start on the rest of the field that's out there. And, of course, as I mentioned, we had, you know, 400 players on our watch list, the NFL scouting probably close to seven or 800 players throughout the fall. So for those 100 that make it here, it really is a prestigious invitation. And I thought this year's game and the two teams that were put together took a lot of pride and really understood that it was a, a true honor to, to be part of the event down here this year.
1: One more question, Phil, I'll let you go. And that deals with the Senior Bowl this year. You and I both know that in the NFL, the game is won from the pocket. I mean, that's, I mean, that's where it happens. You can talk all you want about RPO with the Eagles, but the two big touchdown throws that Nick Foles made were from the pocket. Uh, when you look at today's college game, because you're so immersed in it yourself, and you have an interesting quarterback situation, obviously, at Alabama, are you starting to see any thought along the way of the, the fewer number of quote, pocket quarterbacks versus RPO quarterbacks, and is that going to change in the next five years what we see at the Senior Bowl and what we might see at the NFL level?
2: Well, Steve, I think the NFL is really having to adjust in terms of what is being produced in college. And it's not just at the quarterback position. It's at all of the positions. I mean, yeah. you talk about Mike Gesicki. I mean the question on him is can he be an end of the line blocker in a traditional tight end sense? Everyone knows what kind of receiver he can be. Right. But can he transition and be a classic NFL tight end as a as an on the line blocker? So, you know, the offensive linemen are impacted because most of the time they're just in two point stances, a lot of finesse, position blocking in the college game. And as I do the Bama broadcast on Saturday, oftentimes I'll end up in an NFL NFL game on Sunday and I mean, it's the same, same sport, but two different games. That's right. Completely. And so, with that being said, I do think, and we've already seen some elements of the college game trickle up to the league. However, with the salary count and the, um, the percentage of money that's going to a singular player, the starting quarterback, the, the face of the franchise, to put that player at risk as a dual threat player in the NFL, yeah. it's just too risky for these teams to take. Now, I thought Chip Kelly, when he went to the Eagles, honestly, I thought he was going to build out a quarterback depth chart with like three guys so that if one got hurt, it didn't matter. they just go to the next one. That never happened there uh, like I thought it might. Right. And again, the rest of the teams, uh, I just it's just too, its too much of a risk to put your quarterback in harm's way. As a runner, now obviously Foles, Nick Foles and the Eagles worked around that with their RPOs. He rarely, has ever, kept the football, That's but right. they did it through they did it through an actual zone read and then a throw off of it, rather than a zone read and a run uh, off of that action. But uh, there's no question that uh, you've got the NFL is leaning on the colleges to be their minor league, but the minor league programs. In a general sense, aren't really prepping the players for what they're going to be asked to do in the NFL, and that's a general statement about the contrast between college and, and pro.
1: It is two different games. Thank you so much, Phil. Absolute pleasure. Don't chat often enough, but I do appreciate all the time you do give us.
2: Okay, Steve. You know I should mention Christian Campbell and Marcus Allen were here for the yeah. event.
1: And Cousin, in particular,
2: had an excellent set of practices. He ended up having a a low-back situation flare-up on him, and he was not able to play in the game. And, of course, he didn't work out at the combine yet either. But he's a name to keep an eye on. He was from Phoenix City, Alabama. He ended up at Penn State. A really strong week here. And I think he's somebody that has risen up the boards throughout the fall and and ultimately, probably a second or third round pick for somebody by the time we get to the end of April.
1: Yeah, he's got speed. He's got straight line speed. And his cover skills have really improved in the last year and a half, Phil. So he's put himself in a good spot as long as he can. I think working out here on the 20th of this month, I think, is something that's going to be important for yeah.
2: him. Yeah, no doubt about it. We'll give my best to Jack. I will. Let's talk again soon. I really appreciate the time, Steve. Awesome.
1: Same here, Phil. Thanks so much. Take good care.
2: Okay, good
1: deal. Phil Savage runs the Senior Bowl. Also the color analyst on the Alabama radio network. He is outstanding. Uh, tomorrow, pro day here. And Tom Bradley. I mentioned Bill O'Brien coming back for the coaches' Clinic. Tom Bradley's coming back tomorrow. Secondary coach for the Steelers. I know he, uh, Scrap is impressed with the Penn State defensive backs, and the Steelers could use them. So he's going to take a long, hard look at that tomorrow. And then spring practice gets underway later today. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf. Neil Kulon, USA Today in the final half hour of the show. Thanks for joining us today. Great to have you with us. Penn State basketball tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. The tip, we're on at 6.30 here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.
0: Attention, Central Pennsylvania truck buyers! This is the sales event you've been waiting for! Sunbury Motors annual March New Truck Sale! SMC is the only Ford dealer in the area that has four city blocks of new Fords and has sold over 40,000 new trucks! Sunbury Motors has over 320 new Fords to choose from! SMC has Motor Trends Truck of the Year, the 2018 Ford F-150 starting at 25969 SMC has 61, that's right, 61 2018 Ford Escapes, and they're priced from just $19,730. There's 25 2018 Ford Explorers, starting under thirty grand. And there's 45 2018 Ford Super Duty trucks from 38584 Plus. Plus 0% financing for up to 72 months on select models. Central VA truck buyers, this is it, SMC's annual March new truck sale. Sunbury Motors Ford, in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza. Sunbury. If you're not insured with the Purdy Insurance Agency, you may not be getting the most out of your insurance coverage. Locally owned and family operated for over 90 years, the experienced team at Purdy will compare your rates and coverage among a number of nationally recognized insurers to make sure you're getting the most out of your insurance dollars. And once you join the Purdy family of customers, you'll experience service and claims handling that's second to none. Call 1-800-677-2478 to see what Purdy Insurance can do for you. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones.
1: Final half hour of the show. Our thanks to Jessica Marksbury, who joined us in the opening half hour. Also to Kim Jones of NFL Network in the second half hour. Phil Savage from the Senior Bowl in the Alabama Radio Network joined us in the third half hour. And also, uh, we played the... Uh, play-by-play call of the day twice today to open the show and then in its normal spot at 4.06 because it was Jeff Byers' call of the dramatic bow-nickel reversal to win an individual and team national championship for Penn State on Saturday night in Cleveland. Uh, coming up, Neil Coulong, USA Today. Uh, very Quickly, uh, uh, the NIT, Penn State was very impressive in winning at Notre Dame on Saturday, played great defense again, hit key three pointers when they needed it, and uh, now 23 and 13 on the year. They're at Marquette tomorrow night. It's seven o'clock. We're on beginning at 6.30 here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Uh, and I'll get to that in just a moment. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Purdy's have served this valley for decades, finding The best insurance, whether it's auto, home, life, business, whatever it may be, and they've been able to find their customers the best price. That way, you're covered, and it also fits your budget. Oh, and by the way, if there's a claim, they go to work for you right away because they act as if it happened to them. They're your partner in this. You have to have a great relationship with your insurance agency, and Purdy Insurance is the best in the business. Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to PurdyInsurance.com. I'm in the Sunbury Motor Studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf. You know, as Phil Savage said in the previous segment, he said, you know, the weather down here in Alabama, is is starting to break. I said, you know, he says, hopefully for you, too. Well, it's starting to break a little bit up here, too. It's a great time to buy a car. So go to Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf. All right. We'll get to Neil Coolong in just a few moments here. Uh, have not touched at all in the NCAA tournament except for the brief uh, factoid I gave. uh, 17.3 million entries in the ESPN tournament challenge. Zero have the Sweet 16. I think three of them have 15 of the 16. And let's face it, those are probably people that filled out 500 brackets (laughs) to get there. But they have it. Uh one quick note, just so you—the uh, UNBC. There have been a couple things that have happened here. Just very quick notes. Number one, you know, sometimes when you look in at your program all the time, you're going to be ultra critical because you are just locked into your program and you hear certain things. For example, like oh, game management, how do you close out a game? Okay. All right. Well, who are some of the top coaches? Oh, I think Chris Mack and Xavier is. Chris Mack did a lousy job down the stretch last night. I mean, I'm talking like flat-out lousy. 21 seconds to go. You don't hold from one shot. 21 seconds to go. You get a quick hitting two, set up your press, because the clock stops when you make a basket, and then you go for a steal, because you still got plenty of time, and then maybe with about 10 seconds to go, you foul, and you put them on the line of risk it. Then you go for a winning play. Nope, they held out for one shot and got a bad one. Like, what the heck? And you talk about stuff like that. You look at it and you go, what are you doing here? Now, the UNBC thing was interesting. UNBC is a team that next year will not be a favorite in the America East. Hartford will probably be the favorite, because Hartford will be the older team in the league. Vermont and UNBC both lose... A lot of players, seniors. And I would expect that Odom would be, now that it's over with, he's going to be a hot commodity. People are going to want to get him. But he has a senior team. And Virginia flat out panicked. And what I was impressed by is that UMBC never took the pedal off the gas. Never. Never took the pedal off the gas. That was impressive. I watched a lot of some panic, and some late-game coaching moves, not just by Chris Mack, but by some other people. We just sat back and go, what are you doing? Some of these teams are not in a lot of these situations. They don't handle it very well. All right. Let's bring in Neil Kulong, USA Today. Pro Day here tomorrow. Neil, welcome back. Great to have you with us.
3: As always, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Let's uh, talk about all the moves that the Steelers have made. All right, so now let's move on to something else.
3: Move on to other teams.
1: (laughs) As for other people, uh, let's start with William Gay. Not unexpected. They, They cut him loose.
3: Yeah, I don't really think that's much of a surprise. I know that uh, he and Mike Tomlin have a, a strong relationship. They, they uh, both have a high level of respect for each other, but I think with, with Gay's situation, um, really comes down to, to uh, he might not have made the team last year if not for uh, Cam Sutton's injury. They, they, the Steelers had kind of an interesting cornerback uh, situation uh, after camp, and I think the combination of the injury and plus there being a, a kind of a surprising market to trade Uh, Ross Cockrell is what kept Gay on the team last year so to be honest I think he uh he he, he was able to get another year out of his time in Pittsburgh but he wasn't an often used player um you know I I don't really recall um anything spectacular or terrible that he did but he's not a guy I would think they'd want on the field a whole lot and uh because of that um it was pretty obvious the move was going to be made but it you know it's uh he was the the last defensive player from that two thousand eight Super Bowl team. It's kind of a, a nostalgic thing to see him go, but you know, we, we haven't really heard a whole lot from him in the last two seasons. Um you, know, you, you you have to tip your cap to him if this is the end of the line for him. you, you have to give him credit. He had a pretty mm-hmm. remarkable career considering I mean, not a whole lot of guys get drafted in the fifth round and, and last that long in the NFL. So I I think uh he did he did he did well by Pittsburgh, and I I uh, wouldn't be even surprised to see him come back in a, a coaching capacity at some point. I know that Tomlin um, speaks very highly of him. Um, that that might be something we see.
1: Lawrence Timmons officially let loose. It's a name that you mentioned before that the Steelers might be interested in. Is there interest?
3: Um, I right now there wouldn't be. Uh, I I don't. I, if anything, they're gonna wait until after the draft to really determine what they want to do with the inside linebacking position and, and Lawrence Timmons is not gonna have a market for him on, on day one of free agency. So um if if there is a reunion, um I am not even ruling that out necessarily. I, I don't think uh it's it, it, it would be the move the Steelers would absolutely want to make and I don't think it'd be one that would um you know really inspire people to think that the defense is fixed. But if nothing else, he's a veteran player in the system, they know him. Um, you know, Sean Spence was the guy they brought back uh, last year, when when Chazier went down, so there, there's something to be said about the. Female, female, I can't talk with him knowing <laughs> the system. Um, it, it, I think that's good. In Miami last year, I'm not sure if uh, if, if he's really got it. I mean, you have to keep in mind it was like a, a six-year period of Timmons' career where he played over a thousand snaps a year. I mean, it, it's a uh, it really it, he took a beating. He's not all that old, but he's played just about as much as anybody else in the NFL has.
1: All right, so now let's talk about the dominoes. Uh, Case Keenum, Broncos. Uh, Kirk Cousins, uh, obviously uh, going to the Vikings. Uh, Mike Lennon signing an offer sheet with the Cardinals. Okay, so when you saw the dominoes shake shakedown, I'm going to sense that you were not surprised where people landed.
3: Um, I wouldn't say so. I I, I had a chuckle at the um, the Mike Glennon piece as well. I know my Cardinals guy was not exactly thrilled to read that. Uh, basically, signing Mike Glennon now means you're drafting a quarterback. I think that's the universal sign. He's sort of replacing Ryan Fitzpatrick as the the fringe starter in the NFL. <laughs> He'll get kind of that that marginal starter contract, but it's it, you know basically all up front. Uh, no second year to be had, and he's probably going to find himself on the bench after three or four weeks. So uh, that it looks like Arizona then is kind of positioning themselves to to make a run at a quarterback. And for me, that, that was really the only exciting news. Um, I, I can't imagine Broncos fans are, are super excited about Case Keenum. But as you saw with him in Minnesota last year, if you give him a system, um, he, he'll be able to contribute. I think they have enough... Um, playmakers on offense that they might be able to do that. I mean, they don't have the receiving core of the Vikings, I don't think. And I don't think they have the the uh, the presence of the tight end or the running game the way the Vikings do either. But Keenum is definitely a step up over uh, Trevor Simeon. I'm just not sure we're going to see a 95-rated passer um, in Denver next year. But it really, for them, it wasn't going to take a whole lot for them to improve um I, I don't think they could have afforded cousins not for the, the dollars i'm here in minnesota is going to throw at him the fact that like all of it is guaranteed i, I don't think denver could have made that deal so i uh, they, they probably anticipated keenan being their guy and I, I don't think it's a terrible uh notion for them I, I think they can get better uh with a player like that in there but you know where they are i wouldn't be surprised if they draft a quarterback too
1: which means the team on the outside looking into all of this quarterback stuff happened to be the new york football jets uh where do they go? Is it is it now just pure draft for them? Um, what do they do? do they, really, they they keep McCown.
3: What's interesting to me is, is one. I, I don't know why everyone's down on McCown. I I, I give him a shot mm-hmm. over um, Keenum, probably to be honest with you. If it's me, if I'm looking for a, a bridge guy, you know, I, McCown is he's smart. Uh, he knows the offense as well as the coaches do. He has a, a very well uh respected um, you know, intelligence across the league. He's the type of guy that you want on your roster. I don't think they want to get rid of him, but right. at the same time, I don't think they would have had a chance at Cousins anyway simply because they're drafting seventh overall. Right. Um, at that spot, it, it's almost impossible for a team to, to not go Philadelphia until you're starting quarterback, you're not going to draft a quarterback and then draft a quarterback. Yeah. You know, it, the, the same situation shook down with uh, Bradford and Carson Wentz in Philadelphia two years ago. Um, from Cousins' perspective, I would imagine he's thinking, like, you know, for the betterment of, of the franchise here, I, I'm looking at, you know, let, let's just say the Jets, you know, sniffed around or, or somehow quietly and under the radar um, gave Cousins an idea of what they were looking at. If Cousins is going to take and without even visiting anybody else, he's going to take a three-year deal from Minnesota that basically represents the Jets didn't make him anything better, and that really says we're going to draft a quarterback. And if if that's the case, Cousins, you know, he'd have to get everything up front. And if that's the case, you know, I'm not sure the Jets will be as willing to do that because they have the seventh pick, whereas the the Vikings are way down in the first round. They, you know, that that opportunity really isn't there for them. So Cousins is going to get a much stronger chance to last. Um, in minnesota than he would have in, in new york i don't think the jets really could have been considered as your cousins so they're going to have to draft and what uh, what's rough for them and it usually is they're they're kind of out of the running if you know it, it's possible um the teams that are there now and other teams that could trade up to get ahead of them they could get the fifth best quarterback in the draft at, right. at what where are they seven overall i mean right. that's a that's a nightmare scenario and it's really not all that far right. off I, I could totally see that happening so the Jets might have to trade up, and that, that's a really tough thing for, for them to do considering the lack of talent on that roster. They, they need all of those picks.
1: Uh, how do you view what the Buffalo Bills
3: did? Um, it, Bills are such an interesting franchise, aren't they? I mean, they, they, every year it's like it, it, it's a massive swing one way or another. If they're not trading all the way back, um, to, to lose the rights to, to Patrick Mahomes, which I thought was a huge mistake on their part. Now they're they're dealing their left tackle for the sake of moving up to to get into that quarterback range, like I was just talking about. They're right. they're going to have to try to compete, probably for like a Baker Mayfield or even even um, Lamar Jackson at that spot. I think that's what they're trying to do, and you know the the trade of Tyrod Taylor only suggests that. I mean, it's pretty obvious they don't have a quarterback, so they're they're going to look to have to draft one. Now, and it's going to be difficult for them to compete. And to do that, they gave up their left tackle. So now they don't have that position either. Um, In a way, the the trade with Cincinnati is just kind of funny and ironic to me because it's almost exactly what Cincinnati did just without the the draft pick swaps when they got rid of Whitworth, Whitworth, uh, creating the need for Cordy Glenn. So with that, I I think you've got uh, a very unique situation in Buffalo, but that's just, it's so Buffalo. You're just not really sure what end of the, the, you know, the spectrum they are you know it, it's always like their moves don't necessarily have the most logical reason behind them and that that's exactly why they do it it seems you know maybe that's just me but there's a reason why buffalo kind of is you know typically in that seven to nine to nine to seven range right. um in in wherever it is that they end up drafting every year they're, they're going to make it interesting that's for sure
1: Yeah, you don't want to be the atlanta hawks you're just good enough <laughs> you never can't, can't get out of being just good enough well, Yeah. And so you're saying and suggesting Nate Peterman is not the answer
3: i I don't think that Nate no, no, is the answer and, and, and to kidding. be honest i mean it's it's easy to poke fun at the four interceptions to his credit um I, yeah. I don't two of those interceptions were really not on him. Mm um one of the ones that was the defender made an excellent play yeah. that you know frankly welcome to the league Rook, you're you're going to get those kinds of, of plays right. um i don't think the performance was as bad as as history is going to judge it it certainly made it a, an entertaining day of football but at the same time we I, I don't understand why he was even out there in the first place i don't i don't get uh, their their long term issue uh with Tyrod Taylor i'm not really sure why um, they they wouldn't let him kind of lead the team the way he was supposed to lead the team, and that that led to the situation that they have now. They're basically forced to move on because obviously you know they're gonna have a tough time signing him to anything uh, less than a, a huge deal long term. So really, the, the trade is doing nothing more than just getting rid of him now, not having to pay him, and and fast forwarding uh, to the point where they have to to find a, um, a rookie quarterback and have to start this year.
1: Which then brings us to the Cleveland Browns. They have shown a rather Fair amount of activity.
3: Yeah, you know it was a it was it was a fun twenty um, four hour period there. I think my my Browns editor's head was about to explode at one point. <laughs> um, the the good thing with it, and I'll say this: it really kind of two things stood out to me. One, I, I remember seeing a tweet from a guy that announced that the Cleveland Browns bandwagon is now full; they won't be allowing any other uh, people on. It's like, okay, you traded for a quarterback with one year left on his contract when you're about to draft a rookie. You got a sixteen million dollars slot receiver who's playing on the franchise tag. They might not even sign with you next year. You got a, a, a cornerback that you need to move to safety because the team you traded him from, it, you know, saw him just get manhandled <laughs> over the last two seasons. Did you really improve your team all that much, or did you just finally catch up with uh, an average? bottom line of an nfl football team you finally took draft picks and converted them into nfl players these guys are not high level guys though okay it's it's nice to see the browns want to compete in the flurry of activity i think definitely gets people excited but these are not like real difference making players you know the, the browns did not add on five wins to their roster um if they did it's addition by subtraction the second you take out to kaiser from your roster you might have a better chance of winning games um they, they have a good receiving core um you give them that and they have a draft coming up so you can definitely see um they're they're you know making waves to to improve their roster but frankly you're you're one in 31 over the last two years it, it shouldn't be that hard to improve your team and I, a lot of it is just because they stockpiled picks and put you know less than replacement level players throughout their starting lineups on both sides of the ball. They're regressing to the mean and finally getting around to the fact that you can be an average team without trying all that hard in the NFL. You really can. The system is designed for this. You aren't supposed to be 0-16. It just shouldn't happen that way. Um, the, the fact that they are making moves to improve their team, really, to me, it, 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 they're their common-sense moves, and they gave up a lot of uh, capital that they overhoarded, in my opinion, because analytics told them the only way to improve your team is through the draft. They, they over compensated for that and ended up putting a bunch of you know second and third round rookies on the field and you notice that when you you notice that um as far as the shelton move goes i think it was more just you know they're, they're going to play out of a four three and he's probably not a guy that's going to be a real good uh, uh one or three technique i think he's more of a nose so i, I think that that makes sense um, i would have liked to have seen the, the patriots give up a little bit more just because they tend to get very good player system for for not all that much but um good to them for identifying it's a great trade for them um two, two more years of that guy uh he replaces alan branch at, at a third of the cost and they, they get to control that fifth year as well so it's a smart move for for both sides in that in you know the, the final move that they made i'm not sure if i'm forgetting one
1: i thought keanu reeves improved a lot when i watched the replacements i thought he got better
3: <laughs> By the end of the movie, he almost looked like a high school quarterback.
1: I, I mean, almost, great. despite all the all the work Sean Salisbury put into him on the side. He almost got oh, that's, there. It,
3: that's <laughs> just too funny. They, they, uh, did, did you know that Keanu Reeves was a high school hockey player in Canada? I think it was. No. Did you ever see the movie Youngblood? Yeah. it's a classic, just terrible uh, Rob Low 80s movie. Yeah. Um, it, we, I was joking around with my brother about it. who seemed less like a hockey player. Patrick Swayze keanu reeves who's the goalie randomly or roblo it's like they didn't bring in anybody that had ever played the game of hockey before yet the movie is so oddly compelling i'm for some reason bringing it up now i don't even know why but i hear keanu reeves i think of the replacements and i think of young blood
1: there weren't any houses available no I'm just <laughs> 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 or hulls whatever all right hey Thanks so much, Neil. Appreciate the time as always. It's amazing how we were able to fill this segment up and really barely talk about the Steelers.
3: <laughs> Not really much to talk about. You got to you got to dip into to movie trivia, I
1: think. <laughs> Neil Kulang, USA Today. All right. So Penn State wins its seventh national championship in the last eight years. Bo Nickel, Jason Knoll, Vincenzo Joseph, and Zane Rutherford all winning individual titles. Nittany Lion basketball, and the hockey team, by the way, takes on Denver in Allentown coming up this weekend, the NCAA Hockey Championship. And, of course, the Nittany Lion basketball team winning at Notre Dame on Saturday. They've got Marquette tomorrow night in the NIT quarterfinals for the right to go to Madison Square Garden in New York. Tomorrow night's tip-off will be at 7 o'clock. We're on beginning at 6.30 here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. And tomorrow's show will be from Milwaukee. Today's show has been brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Best in the business. You want to work with the best, they are the best. Purdy Insurance. I'm in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf. Talk to you from Milwaukee tomorrow here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.